We're back. It's been a minute. It's been maybe longer than a minute. It's been quite the summer. Lots that's happened in both of our lives. We won't go into all of those things, but that meant that we've been on hiatus for, well, I'm going to not say how many weeks it's been, but probably you faithful listeners out there uh, have been missing us for about two episodes worth, let's say. Maybe two episodes would have come out in the time that uh, since our last one came out. But it is almost August 15th, which means you can celebrate Acadia Day. I don't even know how to say that in English. Celebrate Acadia Day? Acadia Day just sounds plain wrong. Acadia Day. Acadia. Acadia Day. Anyway, uh, we're back. Luke's here. I'm here. It's hot. It's nice. It's summer. It's fun. We're going to talk about some games we played lately. So let's get it started. Do you have anything? You gonna, yes. Do you have anything you want to? Here's Luke. And Jake, and you're listening to our board game podcast. Ménage à deux. Luc d'amour. Luc de luxe, tardif. How are you? Si, senor. Si, senor. No, 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 no. We don't speak any Italian here. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, wasn't it, though? Isn't, wasn't that? You know, like... Our, I'm not sure. Like, there's just so many, like, tiny, like, words like, like that that could be in both languages. So, I remember I went to Italy uh, when I was living in, in, in Europe, and uh, I stayed with a friend of mine, and I met his friends, and I, I have some some small natural propensity for learning some languages or something. I don't know. might be a talent. Uh, and I was picking up sentences pretty quickly and like starting to try and have conversations. Um, I've not really done that with almost anything else other than, than French, which I actually learned right, right to the bottom of it all. I know all French. I know 100% of everything in French now. I'm just kidding. But uh, I, I've never really done it with any other language except this time visiting Italy. And he kept saying, stop using a Spanish accent. And I was like, I don't fucking know what the fuck I'm doing. And probably I was just leaning on all this random Spanish stereotype shit I heard on the TV. But he got angry at me and said, stop speaking Italian with a Spanish accent. I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. So there you go. Ay, ay, ay. So uh, while you were like just blattering. Blattering? Yeah, that word. That word. <laughs> I uh, I just decided it was blattering, okay? While you were just babbling, I listened to uh, Si Senor in, in Italian, and it's like, Si Senor. Ah, okay. So okay. it should be like, Si Senor. There's no like, Senor. Yeah, the little uh, squiggle on top. Si. Si Senor. <laughs> si. si. It doesn't exist. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't exist, man. <laughs> Blattering. Blattering. While you were blattering over there, like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's funny because I just, uh, well, you'll hear about the game later, all of our listeners, but I just got the uh, the name of the board game <laughs> that I was searching for before we started recording. And uh, it is also uh, in one of those two languages. So that's, uh, there you go. Oh, that's funny. Um, cool. Luke, <laughs> uh, 
How are you? This, Welcome back. This might Welcome be the back. first time. Like people think that you and I are like constantly like calling each other late at night, having phone sex, all that shit. And and, and there's been times. There's been times where we've done. We that. we do, but just not with each other. <laughs> I text you while I'm having phone sex with Steve. Ah, uh, shit. Oh no, have, are we let it? Have we said his name? With Steve. Who cares. Um, Steve. There's yeah. a lot of Steve. You know what? As, as good as he must be at real sex, that guy is crap at phone sex. I'm sorry. That's just. That's not. It's not good. Uh, Plus, he doesn't listen to us. So. I know. I kind of was kind of hoping this once that he would, but he won't. Um, I can tell him to listen to English, but then, but he, what will he understand? <laughs> yes, no, toaster. Maybe, maybe not. He, he caught that part. Um, and yeah. anyway, this is the first time that Luke and I have spoken to each other in a couple of weeks, actually. So, and, and definitely in, in in real time, speaking out loud and not texting. So, we might have a couple of fun stupid moments and anecdotes but that's no different than any other time we've done any of these podcast episodes i don't think that anybody should be surprised and or triggered by that and if you're triggered just turn it off it's cool you've got personal agency you can turn that shit off and walk away trigger away trigger bladder with someone else (laughs) bladder so how are you luke how's the weather in the wonderful uh second best province in our nation nova scotia alberta no, I was thinking. I was thinking Winnipeg. <laughs> That's a city. I was thinking Manitoba. <laughs> Manitoba, number one province in all of Canada. Yes, um, um, it's quite. Well, today is not super nice, but it's been quite nice. It's been hot and humid. Ooh, talking about yes. my kind of weather. Doesn't usually yes. get too humid uh, near you guys. I thought in the summertime or no, but it has been. Mm. It has been. And, wow. Uh, yeah. It kind of, but I, I'm super glad that I got a heat pump installed uh, like four or five years ago because I can sleep. Oh, because you got a- AC, you're, you're saying? Yeah, exactly. With the heat pump, you have AC. Nice. Yeah, like um, I haven't had to turn on the AC at all this summer. There's been a couple of days where it was quite hot, 33, 34 in humidity. They were scorchers. Um, but I wanted to save money and, you know, it wasn't that bad. So I just kind of suffered through it drank a bunch of water water just water uh, me. and then uh yeah it wasn't uh, the sleep time wasn't bad it usually got cool enough it's been but it's been a cool summer uh overall it hasn't been terrible like usual here in ottawa so it's uh surprising and now we're in mid-august and it's you know today it's 24 degrees and sunny basically the, the most perfect uh, only 40 percent humidity like perfect 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 day nice so we haven't sp- we haven't talked about board games in a while, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you've. So usually we have a subject. It like sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good. But today we always start the episodes by saying, uh, "What have you played recently, Jake?" Or "What have you played recently, Luke?" So the episode today is, "What have you played recently?" Uh, yeah, I mean, we're just gonna talk about games. You didn't let me finish my weather discussion. I, I didn't love that. Oh, I don't but, care. I, I don't care. But go ahead. Because I was going to say, it's so nice out. I would rather be doing something out there than sitting here with you. Like yesterday, I literally planned it because they were they were calling for rain today. And yesterday was going to be nice. And I was like, oh, I'll get out on night, go for a hike with the dog. And so we'll record on on tonight. And try not to use specific we'll, dates. We'll record on tonight. Yeah. Try not to use it specific sounds like days. blattering. And then blattering. And then today it's like even more beautiful than yesterday so i'm like what the f F? what the f why am i afraid to say fuck what the fuck i'm gonna check the box i don't care if if me saying fuck makes you want to leave this podcast just leave (laughs) 
Welcome. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> I just don't know I'm holding back on a swear. Uh, <laughs> th- 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 is there really somebody who is a wor- afraid of that word? Maybe if you have children, and if you do, well, you're no longer listening, and my apology is moot, but sorry if you have children. But don't listen to this with children. I checked the box. That's your fault. You're being a bad parent, not me. Yeah. Who makes their kids listen to podcasts about board games? That's what I'm it's saying. It's obviously not for kids. Yeah. It's clearly not for kids. Don't ever like, listen to this podcast. Board games aren't for kids. No. Just don't do that. At least You're not the good parents. ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're a terrible parent. Um, so anyway, yeah, we're just going to talk about games. I mean, I've played a couple. I haven't had that many opportunities. Uh, a couple of these I played at a game night. Uh, a couple of these I played with just some buddies. And uh, one of them I played uh, just here uh, with the uh, with the lady friend. So there's not... <laughs> what? That just sounds like when someone says, a woman doctor. Yeah, well, that's what it is, a woman doctor. Yeah, but you don't say a man doctor. Yeah, I do. A man doctor, a woman doctor. Yeah. No, you don't say now that. I say trans doctor too. Yeah. I'm supporting all, yeah. all genders. But, but I do support everyone. I'm just saying. Like, you, I mean, you say that. A lady friend was just, it just sounds. Oh, people say lady friend. I know. It doesn't mean they're right. What? What? That's like a, it's like saying girlfriend or boyfriend. And instead of girlfriend, you say lady friend. It's just a joke. How is it a joke if it's true? It's not a joke. It's like a little <laughs> turn of turn of words. It's a turn of phrase. You know, oh, the lady from oh, the, the wife. Uh, you know, I mean, you guys, okay. your word for wife is woman. My woman. Like you say, this is my woman. I am her husband. Like talk about possessive. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't say that though. <laughs> what do you say? Where's this going? Booze. Oh, my spouse. Are oh, you one of those guys? Mm-hmm. I think it's funny to Simone Poos, so I say that. Yeah, it's a weird word. A poos. Yeah, it is. It sounds very official, but I feel like saying my woman sounds worse. So I mean, I my, just, my whole thing or is... I, or I just say my girlfriend. My whole thing's like the fucking... Yeah, and, and it's true. In Quebec French or Canadian French, ma blonde is all the time. Like If you're married or not. It's actually hard to tell when you meet somebody who's married if they're married or not, because they all say ma blonde ou mon chum. So you just don't know. You just kind of... Uh, guess i don't know anyway good thing we have a board game podcast yeah i was about to get into a detail about something and i'm so happy i didn't say it because i don't have to delete it and i don't have to have you think that i'm some sort of ignorant person that i'm not so i uh well you have to pretend that you're not what you are though but have you heard about this there's this idea that the person you are and the way that certain people see you and they want you to be, and they will try to project who they want you to be onto you when they spend time with you, when you know that's not who you are. And a lot of people do it to you. Like parents do it, family does it, friends do it. That, and, and the best example of seeing this happen is go to your high school reunion and see how people treat you. Do they still treat you like the person you were at the age of 16, 17, 18? Or do they take the time to see what actually is different in your life? How have you changed? How have you grown? Most people's high school reunion experience is negative because they go back and everybody just treats them 
like the same old kid they were, although they've grown in the last 10, 15, 25 years. But everybody's like, oh, it's this guy. He's a loser. He's a geek. He's a nerd. Like, it doesn't matter what you've done after that. They've got this this picture of you set in their head, which I think in some regards can be a fun thing. If it's a good set of friends and you had great moments and, you know, you, you always remember and it's burned into your memory and you treat each other that way and you laugh and crack jokes, it's good. But if it's like a bully and as you get older, they continue to treat you that way, even though you've changed and grown. It's an interesting concept, this uh, this projected self they put on you. It's, it's funny. So I think everyone knows how I grew. Like I, I grew sideways. So that like they see they <laughs> yeah. see how I grew. I say that when people I'm fairly tall for those who have not met me in person, which is most of you, because I don't know who the hell listens to this in English. I honestly have no clue. People listen. I don't know who they are. Uh, and if you either, uh, yeah. And if you haven't met me, I, I'm fairly tall, and I always, you know, meet people from, you know, my relatives or whatever, and they'll say, "Wow, you have you gotten taller?" Like they'll make that joke, and uh, and I'll say, "No, I've, I've only grown outwards, not upwards." So I'm making a joke about being a fat ass that I am. So there you go. So can I ask you a question, Jake? Sure. Have you played something recently? <laughs> oh my God, come on, man! We're only at the 13 minute mark. We usually get to like 17, 18 with this bullshit banter back and forth, bladder as you like to call care. it. I want games. I want games. I want games. Before... I want games. I want games. I want games. I want. I want games. I want games. Before getting into the games, I wanted to talk to you about games, but it's not about a game I played. I did something recently. I just sent you the text. It's a photo that I sent you, uh, and. I reorganized my Kallax uh, bookshelf that I have my games on. I was looking at my bookshelf and, and seeing this a massive amount of games that are on top of it. I'm trying to limit how many are on the top, try to get it all fit in the actual bookcase. I'd, I had seen this online. I can't remember who I saw it. I should credit them because it's their idea. I feel like it's when Harry met board games. Um, maybe I'll correct myself later. Um because I didn't think of this idea. Somebody showed it online and I was like, this is badass. Like I'm able to take my Kallax bookshelf, which can fit on average four large box games and I stack them uh, vertically. And then I am able to now push them further back because the, there's a little bit of hangover between the, the Kallax and the wall. And then that makes enough space to add one big box game that is facing the outside of the um, of the bookshelf. Therefore, creating almost like a an album cover mosaic. yeah a mosaic of all these different games i know you guys can't see it but i'll i'll try and include a link in the description the description of of the podcast if it's possible or include the photo and i i what i did is i tried to categorize by type or by you know my ticket to ride collection i have multiple maps and multiple versions and i tried to put that all behind one ticket to ride box and it really makes it look so much more clean and beautiful and and now i have like a a section where it's like, okay, that's party games, that's quick to start games, that's racing games, that's betting games, that's, you know, ticket to ride, that's uh, worker placement. So I love it. And it's really helped me to add more games. It's maximizing the space, which makes everything look a lot cleaner. Uh, and I wanted to show that to you. I know that you uh, move your games around a lot between the university and your place. So something like this probably would be way less practical for you. But um, yeah, I had fun doing that. It was a, it was an interesting evening. I'm looking at your... Um at your shelf, like at your Calyx right now, and I see the your Dixit game. And man, <laughs> my game has been used so much. Like all the corners are split open. I'm, I I have to do something. It's like super worn out. Uh, it's like it's been used and used and used. Like I mean, I don't feel bad that it's split open. I, I wish it was like it looked good, but 
it's uh, it's actually been used a lot. Not not only by me, but it's like all the students at the university. They every single weekend someone plays Dixit, and uh, so it's been like used a lot. So I'm kind of jealous of your box. So if you want to get rid of it, just send me like just the just, just the, the lid. lid, just the lid. Yeah. Just the tip, Jake. Just the lid. Um, I'll be good. <laughs> I'll be good. Oh, my God. And so, well, I, I mean. <laughs> we'll, I, need, we'll need seven boxes for this episode. Yeah, check all check all those boxes. Um, and I, I I didn't tell you this, but I, I'm trying to get a, like a weekly board game or bi-weekly board game group started. You may have seen my posts online and Facebook. I'm I'm trying to find some folks locally to, to do something like that. And then I had this idea of maybe doing it at the community center, the local community center. I've contacted them kind of in the works of seeing if something can get started. But I thought about it and I was like, wait, do I want to be this guy? Do I want to be Luc Tardif and have all my games be shat on and licked and fucking the cards bent and shit? Like you, I've seen what the students do to your games. And, it, and, and you know what? Not even students, Musa. I've seen what Musa <laughs> has done to your games. Like it, it's, it's it's interesting. I don't know if I want to use my own money for that. Have I told the story about the the uh, werewolf of whatever it's called in English? Werewolf of something hollow? Yeah. Uh, wait. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a Musa story, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I actually, he said, can I borrow your, your werewolf game? And I said, yeah, you can. I gave him two boxes, like the base game and... The expansion. I don't know. Like it was a blue box at the time. Anyway, today I have the pack, like the big box. So, mm-hmm. so I gave him both of those. A few days later, he comes back with one box. That's like, it's it's like squished. And I'm like, what happened? He's oh. And then I was like, where's the other box? He's like, you don't need two boxes. And he just threw out the other box. Oh my god! And like actually got rid of the rules. You know. There's probably more to that story than I, I know. That's your version. That's what he told you. But I, I wish I could hear behind closed doors what Musa says. Like, like maybe he dropped it in the toilet or something, and he just didn't know what to tell you. And, and no, you don't need a second box. Here you go. I mean, they're only like at the time it was like twelve dollars a piece or ten dollars. Like it's not that expensive. And like, why do you decide what other people do with their stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not gonna. I, I love. I that. still love Musa. I love that man. Musa, so I love you anyway, but you you owe me twenty bucks because like inflation <laughs> today. <laughs> oh my god! Using inflation of twenty twenty two to calculate how much he owes you for a game that he fucked up in two thousand fifteen. You know what, Luke? That is cold as ice, and I like it. I hope you get that twenty bucks. Nice. Okay, mm-hmm. let's talk I about games. So twenty one now. It went up. <laughs> it just went up. Hey, at eight uh, percent a year the last couple months, man. That's just like. I can't mm-hmm. imagine. I don't want to talk about economics, but uh, there must be some really some people are really having a hard time right now, and uh, it's it's fucked. So good luck, all you folks out there. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. Let's talk about games. So I have a list of a couple of games that I've played. It was I went to a, a game night, and there was a lot of party games. So I've played some of these before and talked about them before. So I'm not going to go into detail. And then I, I kind of saved a couple more, uh, one or two more interesting uh, games that are uh, a little larger at the end. Uh, I haven't really gone into anything super uh, complex or deep and nothing that I've been dying to play. Like I've got like a list of the next five I really want to get to and I haven't. But um, so I'm, I'm just seeing it as like, hey, let's chat about some of these party games I've played. I'm sure you can share your comments and I'm guessing you're going to do the same with your games, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I did exactly, exactly the same. Okay. First game I'll mention then uh, I'll, I'll talk about 
uh, two games in one kind of thing because I'm not going to go into detail at all about Decrypto. This is the first game I wanted to mention. Played it at a party. Uh, great time. I haven't I hadn't played it in months. Uh, it just reminds me how much it's like my favorite word game. Um, I also That's so good. I also saw that it could have the ability to lose its staying power after, you know, a certain amount of time. It's not there yet, but I started to feel like it could. And for the first time ever, it didn't feel invincible. <laughs> um, but I still had a fantastic time playing. And I played in French, so that's always an additional challenge uh, for me to know synonyms and, and other words that um, that could be, you know, thematically similar. So... I love playing in French for that reason. It's actually great for, you know, um, educational reasons, but uh, great game to crypto. Won't talk much about it. The other one I really wanted to talk about, though, although we've talked about it before, is Just One. Now, I've played Just One with, you know, my family, uh, my elderly mother. Uh, I've played with, uh, you know, a bunch of different friends and stuff many times. Fantastic game. I own it in English. I might even own it in French, but I left it at a friend's house. Uh, that's the shitty part about being bilingual and being a board game fan is like, I go to buy the English version all the time. And then I go, wait, who am I going to play this with? I only play games with Francophone. So anyway, um, so just one, we played that. But what I wanted to talk about was the age uh, limit of just one. So if I pull up just one really quickly on, uh, on Bajiji. Bajiji. Uh, I believe that the box says that uh, age eight plus. So, and the community has voted eight plus as well as being the best age. I played with my friend's children. I've talked about them before and said that, especially the son, he's just a little older, that he's just so bright like he's very intelligent um but they both caught on almost immediately and i think they're like six and four like that's really young and they loved it so much and they saw that all the adults were playing these games and even though they were party games some of them were a little harder and outside of their their ability for them so they felt a little excluded uh, and they ended up playing just one and then they went and did their thing for a couple hours and then they said let's play that game again let's play that game again which is amazing and we love seeing that um so we played it again and i just wanted to say to all those parents out there if you do have kids um it might be worth it to take some of these games and just give them a try with the younger audience even when the box says uh the, the age on there because as we know the box is never completely right about how long a game is or about the age or about the uh, the amount of players that you should be playing with. So uh, I just thought that was very interesting to to see how well they understood and they grasped the game and the rules and they played very well. Um, their writing contained obviously many errors. They didn't, at four years old, did you know how to write? You know what I mean? Maybe they're seven and five, but just very impressed by how these younger kids were able to pick that up. And it's just such a perfect, simple party game. Um, I, I don't love it that much myself. It's it's fine. I'd like something obviously a little heavier than that. But for that type of evening where you're just playing a couple card games and having some drinks, it was fantastic. And the kids were there and it was great. So if you have kids, you should try just one. Uh, even if they're a little bit younger, it might be, uh, might be worth it. That's the two really quick ones I wanted to mention. Nice. I played a, a game this afternoon called uh, Cryptid Urban Legends. Oh. So, so it's sort of like a... a yeah, it's sort of like a spin-off. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And uh, it's a two-player game, so you you like you can't play with the, like it's it's kind of funny cuz the original game is like 3 minimum and this one is like 2. That's it. 
<coughs> and um, I'd like to, by the rules, the rule book is plain awful. It, it, it's like, it's a super simple game that's made complicated for nothing, literally for nothing. Um, I don't know, like when we play games, it happens often that there, there's going to be like a cube. And then in the book, they just decide to call it a Flagada marker. And you're just like, every time you have to remember that, like the, the, the black cube is a Flagada marker and they didn't make anything. They didn't do anything with the marker. Like just to tell you that you have to remember that it's called the marker. And there's like three types of markers in, in, uh, encrypted, And basically, it's a card game. And what you're trying to do is uh, you're a scientist or uh, a cryptid. And if you're the cryptid, you're trying to like run away from the city. Uh, and if you're the scientist, you're trying to catch the cryptid. It's a very abstract game. Like It, it plays almost like if you're playing chess or any of those abstract games. Um, it's a very thinky game, but the rules are playing awful. I t I'm telling you, like I played with Tristan this afternoon and uh, we read apart. Like I actually brought it here because I, I like, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, somewhere it says uh, when you announce a number of sensors, only city blocks with that exact number of sensors in the two adjacent spaces combined are considered to match the feature. Okay. So, That's for uh, the number because like you have to to match uh, like you have to sort of like give a feature once you've you've done everything you do with the cards. Okay, and then at the end you can give a feature. It's either the number of sensors or uh, a color combination. Okay, and then it says uh, when you announce a combination of colors, only city blocks with that exact combination of sensor colors in the two adjacent spaces are considered to match the feature. So. I don't know if you heard the difference. In the first one, it says with the two adjacent spaces combined for the number. Mm -hmm. And then for the colors, it just says in with that exact combination of sensor color in the two adjacent spaces, they don't say combined. So um, we were like, we tried to play and we, we, we were like, okay, for numbers, it means they have, you have to take the numbers on like both spaces and add them up. So like say there's three on the left and four on the right, it, it gives a seven. So it's good. We're good with that. And then with the other one, it doesn't, it didn't say combined. It said that exact combination of colors on both sides. So you need to have red and white on the left and red and white on the right. That's what I thought. But after playing like, I don't know, six, seven rounds where we literally won as a scientist on the first run, every single time we were like, man, Jake would love this. He would say this is broken because it did feel broken. We were like, man, this is broken. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. We actually went online, watched many videos. And in every video, the scenario we're talking about was what was happening. So we were just like, okay, it works. Like that's exactly, we have the right rules. And then we went to watch uh, Z Garcia and he had a different scenario. And we were like, man, That's like just one word in the rules, but it makes a whole lot of difference. Anyway, we ended up playing a whole game after, and it's a, like a little thinky game that lasts about 15 minutes. It's a pretty cool game. Like I think it's a, it's a good-looking game, but basically on your turn, you just play a card. You have one of three actions uh, on the card, so you can move like this, that, or the, like there's three ways you can move cubes to the other part of the city. After that, you do something that like, 
we'll put like presence. You can see that there's more presence, like cryptid presence in the city. And uh, you just have to like block the cryptid. Like the cryptid's trying to go to both sides of the city. If at the end of a turn, he the cryptid is at, at both sides, the cryptid wins. And if by the end of the... Uh, of the uh, no if if sorry if uh, by the end of a turn there's only one presence or no presence uh, the scientist wins if you run out of cards uh, whoever has the most red tokens whatever they're called <laughs> I don't remember the name of those tokens but uh, wins the game and that's how we finish the game um, if you like abstract games if you like two-player games I think it's a cool one I don't think it's a great game but I think it was a like it, it's worth a shot if you can have it for like a, a, a very low price I, I think i paid like 18 dollars for it so because hmm. uh, i it was on sale so where'd you get it yeah i think it's worth um uh i think you remember that place we went to in quebec city yeah uh, um, la revanche la revanche yeah but so on they their, had an online on sale oh, okay cool yeah so that's that's why I, I'll check. Uh, I'll check it out. I saw it on Amazon for pretty decent price. Not eighteen, but you get that uh, one day shipping. Just wait. So. Just wait. I'll. I'll. Huh? I'll give it to you whenever I see you. Like I'm not gonna play it that often. You like. You like two player games more than me, so I'm just like I'm. I'm gonna play a few times and I'll give it to you. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, Thank no you. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's super good looking though. Like the like cubes. Me. Uh, they have a. The cubes have, they're sort of like foggy, so they made, they made them special. It's not just like generic cubes. Uh, they have like their own tokens. So I think it looks good in the, in the, the image, like the, the cover is actually super nice. Cool. Yep. My next Something game else. that I want to talk about is called Fiesta de los Muertos. Mm, um, this is that once. Have you played it? Okay. Once. Okay. So this is a game where you receive a uh, clue, uh, you receive a, a card with a word on it, one word, and you need to write one word that is a hint to this uh, word to help somebody guess what the word is. Then you take your player board and you pass it to the next person and you receive a new player board with a word written on it in dry erase marker. You now need to erase that word and write another hint that relates to that or that um, that word that you received, and you know, presumably their hint is related to their card. So you're kind of trying to think, okay, they wrote. So I'm looking at a picture on Board Game Geek, and the word is Cleopatra. It's written on the card, and then the player board, the person wrote Egypt. So if you're the next person to receive that card that says Egypt on it, well, now you have to think, okay, was the original word pyramid? Was the original word Sphinx? Was it was it Nile? Like there's so many things that could make you write Egypt, um, and then you you write an, another hint. And the goal is that once they go all the way around the table, or I think you do like four or five rounds, you take the last hint that was written and you show them to everybody, and you show all of the cards. So we have all six or eight cards, depending on how many people are playing. And we have all of the player boards with some sort of hint. And now we need to guess which card corresponds to which hint. And, and that may sound simple. Uh, and after maybe two rounds, it wouldn't be that bad. But it really, really unravels and becomes this game of broken telephone where, yes, I could write Egypt for Cleopatra. And then somebody else could write um 
pyramids, and then the next person could write slaves, and then the next person could write America. And now I've got Cleopatra, and I need to guess that it's connected to America somehow. Now, the one thing is, is that the later in the rotation that you're seeing these hints, the kind of more likelihood you're going to be able to guess it correctly once you see the cards, because you can kind of, closer you are to the final hint, closer you can draw those lines of connection. But if you were to be that very first person who got Cleopatra and you wrote Egypt and then you see America, you're never going to be able to guess that that could possibly be Cleopatra. So it's an interesting game. It's kind of like Telestrations without drawing. It's not quite like that, but kind of like that. Uh, And I didn't like it that much. I, I didn't hate it. It just felt like a really silly, boring activity. I didn't have tons of fun. There's other word association games that we've played before. Uh, like almost all word games are mostly association games. And I could live without this. It was it just felt like a silly um how could I possibly go from one hint back to the word? But there were times where it was like Cleopatra, Egypt, Cleopatra, Egypt, pyramids. You know what I mean? Those were the five hints. And so you don't see all the all of the ones were written, but you see pyramids, and clearly you're gonna take pyramids and connect it with Cleopatra. So those were kind of funny to think about. And then you talk about, well, I wrote this. Who what did you write? Uh, I wrote that. What did you write? That part was fun. Once it was all done and the game was over, the round was over, we kind of figured out who wrote what and how that like connection came to be. But I wouldn't buy this. I wouldn't suggest to play it. There's so many other word games out there. Save your money, save your time. That's my personal opinion. But it wasn't a, a bad game. I just don't think it, it does anything all that different. And the things that it does that are different are not compelling to me. So Fiesta de, lo, de los Muertos. And that's the uh, what I said earlier that I would need to speak in Spanish, a language that I don't know at all. I thought it was, I mean, I played once, but I thought it was fun. I don't know like how often I'd play it. I thought it was fun for like as a one-time deal, I don't think I'm like, I'm not going to buy it, but uh, I had fun playing. Like if I went to someone's place and they had that, I'd be happy to play it again. Uh, I mean, was, if it was the only game they had, yeah, <laughs> I would play well, it, you know, but. So if it was between that and let's say Mastermind. Well, fine, but Mastermind is a two-player game, but yeah, yeah fine. I, but I, I, okay, <laughs> I'm not that much of an asshole or a snob about games that if I go to somebody's house and they pull out a game they really like, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to play that. Like we already talked about our list of games we would never play again. And most of those games we said, you would play I anyway. would play it again. I just really don't want to. This might take like a number five or six space on that list for me. Like it's like, maybe I'm missing something, but it just felt like. I think I think my number one game on that list was Dungeons and Dragons. And I played Dungeons and Dragons after our episode. So. How'd that go? I mean, I played with kids. They were like, they were really into it, and I, it was it was fun to play with them. Did you use your geek, mean, your geek voice? I am the dragon. <laughs> so there you go, yes. uh, Fiesta de, de los Muertos. Uh, yes, I played a new version of a game we both like. Uh, mm. Yes, it's called Hanabi. A new but I played version. the Grand Feu, the Grand Feu version. I'm not sure if there's an English version of Grand Feu. Big uh, fire. <laughs> <laughs> Big fires. Actually, just oh, it's, uh, it's plural. Grand Feu. Let's, yeah, because it's Feu d'artifice. Uh, is there a version? I only like link right there. Hannah, oh, actually, no, that's not the one I was looking for. Anyway, um, I ha- I own the version. I, I own the French version uh, that came in a like sort of like tin can box. Um, 
like it's uh yeah it's a square box and all the cards were square uh whereas i think in english the cards were like regular sized cards similar i to, actually yeah. liked i actually liked my version a lot like the, the the square ones i thought it was super nice um what i got is have have you played it on uh bga no uh yes once with you and your brother but a long time ago yeah so on the BGA version right now is sort of like long rectangular cards. They're they're like very narrow cards. They're long at longer than than um, than regular cards, but they're a lot narrower. So it's just like a strip. It's it looks like a bookmark sort mm. of. Okay. And uh, that's what they did for this version. Like all the cards are like that, but you have a card holder on the table, so you can actually like just leave them on the table, and you don't have to hold the cards a weird way. Like remember what you have and then stuff like that. You just put them on the table. They're standing in front of you. And it comes with three expansions, one of which is um, just like a black color. So basically, you can never say a color for those. I haven't played with the expansions, but uh, if you use the, the, the black cards, you can never say a color. So you can only say numbers for those. And the multicolored ones, you have to use them whatever color you say. If there's a multicolored card in your hand or like in the card holder, you actually have to name that card as well. So it makes it very difficult. And there's a third expansion I can't think of right now. But anyway, I just played the regular version with people. I thought it was a very good uh, looking version of it. We, it comes with a poker, sort of like small poker chips instead of just like those little tokens that we had in the base box. Um, it's just a deluxe version, basically with three expansions of Hanabi, which is a great game. And I got it at the same time I got uh, Urban Legends, uh, Cryptid Urban Legends, because it was... Uh, also on sale uh, at La Revanche. So that's why I got it. Same okay, cool. it was, I think it was like 50% off. I mean, my thing is like, uh, it's weird. For, so I have the French version for cards and the small tin that you have as well, yeah. because yeah. I preferred the square cards as well, probably because I played it for the first time with you and I, that felt more normal to me. I had played it on the English version before and I just, uh, I didn't like the, the cards as much. And I think the... The tokens are plastic in the French square tin version, and they're they're little. They cardboard. are, but they're just small tokens. Yeah, yeah. But the English version, the standard version, was was cardboard, and I think I played at a game cafe, and they were just beat up. So I, I made sure I didn't buy uh, the English version. Um, uh-huh. I was in Quebec at one point and just picked it up. This is even before moving to Ottawa six seven years ago or something. Um, and it's called I, Deluxe Water Show in English, actually. If okay. You want the, but then, I mean, you, there's no words in the game, so yeah, you just need exactly. to print the, the rules. Then I got the deluxe version with the domino tiles. Want that? <laughs> and it's nice. It's really nice. And so I, I will never play it with cards again because that's what I liked yeah. about the dominoes. The same thing. You just stand them up. You don't have to hold them anymore. I will say though. Uh, if I were to get a card version again, for whatever reason, I'm looking at it on BGG and it, it looks dope. Like I really like yeah. how these cards are laid out and like the numbers are so painfully clear. Like it's, yeah. the, the other one's not bad, but like you, you, you kind of have to, the contrast of colors wasn't fantastic and the numbers were smaller. So if anybody has any sort of vision problems, whether that be colorblindness or just not being able to see all that well that made it challenging to play this game i see that they've they might have already done this i'd have to go back and look but they've really done a good job showing the different types of fireworks so if you're colorblind you can um identify easily enough which is which and the number is like okay you just can't 
not know what number that is. So I, I think this is a really great deluxe edition with the cards. The expansions that you mentioned sound fun. So I, if I saw this for a decent price, like uh, $24.99 or something, I might even just pick it up just to have a card version. The funny thing is, I have my card version a little tin, and I was about to get rid of it. And then I was like, oh, but I love this. This has nostalgic value because I bought this. And blah, blah. But like, I'm never going to play it. I'm only going to ever play the Domino version or, I guess, this if I ever get this. So anyway. Yeah, but the tin version is a good version. Let's say you leave on a trip or like a weekend in the in the yeah. cottage. Nice. Uh, that's a good thing to bring with you. Great vocabulary, like you Luke. In a, yeah, it's, I just did that for you. I like it when you do things for me. It doesn't happen Cottage. Often. Cottage cheese. Um, Cool. That's really cool. I love that game. So um, you're making me want to look this version up because expansions are fun. And the idea of like, you can be like, well, nobody's told me the color of this one ever, but they keep telling me the number. You can infer that that probably means it's a black one. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But like, it's, it has to be super tough to like finish with, uh, with those expansions. I didn't try them, but it has to be super tough. Yeah. My next game, another party game, another word game. Uh, it's called Mont Malin. I don't believe there is an English version, if I'm not mistaken. There is. There okay. is. Good. Keep going, but I'll tell you. Um, I looked it up. So this is there another is a- word association game where you have a grid. Uh, the grid is uh, changeable in size. So you can have a 5x5 five five or a 6x6 six six or 4x4. Four four. It's, co- it's called cross crosswords. Clues in English. Uh, cross, cross clues. clues. Cross clues. Yeah. Um, and so on the top, you've got A, B, C, D, E. On the left, you've got one, two, three, four, five. And just like in Excel, you're looking to uh, fill in C1 or D3 or whatever. You can think of it as like a spreadsheet where you've got to take a card and you need to fill that cell or fill that slot on the grid. Um, and you're working as a team to try and fill as many as you can to see if you can get them all done within a certain amount of time. So how it works is everyone gets one card and that card will say on it C2 or A4 or F1 or whatever. And there's only one card of each cell or each specific location, each specific coordinate. And you need to um, give one word that puts uh, two words together. So like I said, on the top, it says A, B, C, D, E. And on the left, it says one, two, three, four, five. Well, there's also words beside them and on top of those. So uh, there could be, um, I don't know, like a word like chicken and then uh, another word that says something like, I don't know, food. And you could say salad. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, that's a bad example. But if you use your one word and people look at the words along the top, they look at the words along the side and they try and think, okay, what are the two words he's trying to join together with only one hint? Uh, and as a team, they kind of discuss. And then when they're ready to guess, they say their guess and they'll say, okay, is it D3? And I either say yes or no. And if I'm, if I say yes, then I put it in the spot and that's one that we have achieved out of all of the other of possibility. So as you play, it gets easier and easier because you are slowly filling up the grid. Uh, you're making some mistakes. So you don't put them in there when you make the mistake, but you're slowly limiting the amount of options there are for when you give a hint. And sometimes you'll just hit two words where it's like car and, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's stuff And planet. And you're like, well, how do I mix a car and a planet? And you just wait. And eventually it gets uh, simple enough or somebody says something that's similar to what you wanted to say, but just different enough that you'll be able to repeat what they said. I thought this one was awesome. So 
going from Fiesta de los Muertos and like to this, and I think the same day we played, um, what's it called again? That's so Clover again. I'm not going to talk about it because again, I didn't love that game either. And I think this cross clues or Momelai, I think it it blows. Uh, that's so clover out of the water. Like it's the same thing. You're still trying to understand what is the association this person made with this word. And you're trying to find two words that fit that association. It's the same muscle in your brain that you're using, but it's so much easier and more cooperative to see and talk it through. And I just did, I just, that's so clover for me is a pass. It's a big time pass. I love so clover. I think it's a great game. I love, I love cross clues. Like I think it's a great, but I, I, I love so clover more than cross clues. Oh, wow. Okay. So for me, like cross clues, I loved, I would almost even buy my own copy to have kicking around. Um, Mm -hmm. Great game, word association, uh, and yeah, if, if it's got to be cheap. I've never seen it, but it, it can't be expensive. It's just a bunch of cards, uh, and th- that was this type of game, the, this this type of evening. A lot of word games, you know, the Decrypto, the Just One, the the Momalai, that's so clever. This person is a big word game fan, and they brought a bunch, and we were just hanging out, shooting the shit, drinking beers, and playing games. So uh, Momalai was probably one of my favorite of that night. Ross Clue has the same problem uh, Codename has. Like, it doesn't have enough words in the base game. So you, like, if you play a lot of those games, you you see the same words coming up again. The same works for uh, When I Dream. Like, When I Dream, it's a different type of game, but, like, you, you just have a small deck of cards, and then you always see the same images. So you can actually, if you play a lot, you just use the same clues all the time. Um, I do feel like those games should already come with like three, four expansions that you can buy. Like if you plan to play just like a few times, you don't need expansions, just sort of like Dixit, right? And then if you play a lot, you should be able to buy like lots of extra words for those. Of course, you can use words from code names or stuff like that from other games. But yeah. honestly, it should come with, with like, or like options to buy. Like more, if you're, if you're a board words. game producer, like a... a, a a company, uh, I don't even call that, like a, a publisher. A publisher, thank you. Maison d'édition. Um, if you're a board game publisher uh, and you're listening to this, which you're probably not, I think what you should do is exactly what Luke's saying, but just don't distribute it. Just don't distribute it to board game. These board game cafes and board game stores, they're not going to sell a ton of those. They'll sell some. But most people are going to be happy with just the the base game. But have it on your website. Put a little card inside the box that says, do you love this game? You need more? And I go to the website. And yeah, those people are not going to be thrilled about paying $17.99 shipping. But if they can get a whole fuck ton of words, they'll probably be really happy to have a much more robust game. So I, I agree with you, Luke. I just wouldn't like have it widely available kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Good idea. We have so many good ideas. Uh, my <laughs> next game is called, uh, I played the Red Cathedral. Red Cathedral is a super Ooh. small box. It's part of the Yellow Expert series. Um, and I'm not sure in English, though. In French, it was from Yellow. But in English, it's, is it? Uh, here it says Devere, which is like a Spanish company. Uh, anyway, I played the Red Cathedral. Uh, it's a game in which you're building a cathedral. So we're, we're like all the players together are building a cathedral, but it's not a co-op game. So uh, you're trying to take control of the towers of the cathedral as you build them. You can add decorations to it and everything. Um, 
it's it's a resource management game. It's like fairly simple in that way. But what's very interesting about the game is the fact is how you get your resources. There's sort of like a rondelle. Like is that how you pronounce it? Rondelle. Rondel, yeah, rondelle. Rondelle. Yeah, I've read it many times, but I've never said it. So, um, in the middle of the of the table, and uh, it's surrounded by dice. And you're not necessarily using the, well, you're not using it at all. You're not using the number on the, on the die to give you that amount of resources. It's basically at the beginning of your turn, you can, you, let's say the die says five, you need to go around the rondelle by five and wherever you land, you get that resource, uh, but you get as many resources as there are dice present in that part of the rondelle at that moment so it's sort of like strategic that way and it makes it very interesting like sometimes you're like okay and then once you're done you just take however many dice there are in that section of the board you just um you uh throw them like you know you throw them <laughs> throw them yeah anyway and then uh you roll the dice and uh you put them back and then for the next player whatever numbers there is going to be uh, there so it's uh, it's a very cool resource management game uh it doesn't last super long i think we played in about an hour which is not too long for uh that type of game um it says yellow expert like in french it's in the yellow expert line i'm i mean of course it's not a family game but it's i would say it's an easy expert game if if you will. Okay. So uh, I actually liked it a lot. And I love that it's a very small box. You know how um, Garfield games, all their games are like in, they're super big games, but in small boxes, like of yeah. the North Sea and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's even smaller than that, uh, but it's a big game. It's like packed with, uh, with content. And uh, honestly, I think it's, it's a super great game. It's, it's higher. It's like very, it, it's ranked super high on BGG. It's like two forty-five right now. So uh, mm. yeah, give it a try. Actually, the Red Cathedral. I think it's a great game. Really cool. I've never heard of that one. So that sounds uh sounds pretty pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, I just went to the La Revanche website to see yeah. um to see their uh if their sale section still had uh in it and it's still there. And it's funny because I said the words, yeah, I might pick that up if it was like twenty four ninety nine, and then I. I clicked and it's yeah, that's how much it is on their on their site. I don't think they have any left in stock, but uh, there. Which there one? It is. Hennepin uh, Le Grand Feu. Oh yeah, yeah. It says yeah. This is out of stock online. Anyway, it was just funny that I said that. Yeah, if I ever saw it at twenty five, I'd grab. And then there it was. So. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck. My next game, another small card game, uh, two to four player. I played with two people. Uh, I played at the player count of two. Uh, and that game is called Ohanami, Ohanami, Ohanahamahamane, Hanabi and Ohanami. Uh, you know, like you got to be consistent. If I'm going to say Hanabi, I better say Ohanami, but it's probably oh, Ohanami, Ohanami. Oh, one Emmy. I'm not sure. I know. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. Like, it's a Japanese word. In French, I was like, "Oh, Arnami." Um, so anyway, Ohanami is uh, a card game. Uh, it's com- it's co- uh, competitive. It's not cooperative, but it's got some very similar um, mechanics to something like the game or the mind, where the whole name of the game is laid cards down, but they must be in ascending or descending order. So you have your uh, 10 cards, you take two, 
So it's a drafting mechanic, uh, and you pass your deck to the next person. And then when you're all ready, you play your cards in front of you, and you can have up to three gardens, which is just three lines. You know, the, the theme is that it's some Japanese garden, something, something. Um, three, three lines in front of you, three columns, uh, and you can either add cards that are higher or lower, but you can never put in between. And so you're trying to manage these three uh, these three lines, and then you have effectively eight cards that have been given to you. So now you take two more, pass your six, play the two, take your new six, take two, pass, etc. And that finishes a round. And on the first round, you score only blue cards. You do the exact same thing for the second round, and you score blue and green. And you do the exact same thing for the third round, and you score blue, green, and gray. Obviously, gray cards are worth more green or with more than blue, but blue, especially the first round, there's a big advantage in putting them down because it means that you'll have made more points with them by the end of the third round. Super simple, 15 to 20 minutes. I wanted to play again immediately right after. Uh, I went a little bit too conservative because you can choose to discard cards and not play them. And having uh, played the game and having been the person that just fucked us while playing the game by accident and putting a card that like somebody else could have put something else, I was a little too conservative and I discarded too many cards in round two, thinking, oh, I better better be careful. I want to make sure I've got space to play cards later. Then all of a sudden round three was done and I was like, shit, like those would have been points instead of cards to discard. I was I was too conservative. And uh, so I, I think it's a really cool, really rapid version of something like the game, but it's competitive. Since we played with only two people, there's 120 cards exactly in there. You use 10 cards per round, three rounds. So effectively, each player uses 30 cards per game. So when you're playing with two people, you've got this really false sense of hope that a specific card you might be looking for might still come out of the deck because, hey, there's that whole pile of cards there. But in reality, it's probably sitting in the deck. It's probably sitting in the 60 cards you'll never touch. Um, And if you play with four people... That would be kind of interesting because you know the card, if you are waiting for some magical special card, you know it's either going to be played on the table in front of you or it's in somebody's hand and you could potentially see it by round three. So if you haven't gotten that magical card yet and it's round three and it's not on the table anywhere, there's a little bit of a hope. So I liked this. Uh, the super simple, really fun, a um, little bit puzzly, nothing too crazy, and uh, it'll stay in the collection for now. Oh, Hanami. Uh, it feels like the game because it's by the same designer. So it's... Uh, oh, there you go. It, there's a good reason why. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually a better version of the game, I think. I like co-op games in general, but I, I do like the the competitive version of it. Like It's, it's, it's sort of like the game, the competitive version, <laughs> the yeah, exactly, non-co-op yeah. game. Yeah, and I think it's better because of all like the everyone has three gardens they can pick from. So I feel like it's a little bit more strategic because you can actually talk to yourself, right? I know it's to yourself, but you know what's coming up, and your like your strategy comes from your own decisions. So, but I mean, I'm not saying the game is actually an okay game. It's just I like for me the best part about this was that you have to. Think about the drafting. Again, with two people, that's not that hard. You just yeah. hand cards over to them. And so you might have a pretty decent memory of like, oh, yeah, he's, there's the three and the 39, and I might need those. But the f- when you're at f- playing with four people and you hand off you know, your hand, and you're thinking, okay, I really hope that 57's in there when it comes back to me. But 
you may shift your strategy if your 58 all of a sudden shows up and you're like, oh, well, this fits that hole anyway. So it's fine if a 57 doesn't come back. So I think that's what made it cool for me was the drafting. Like if it had been like, pick up a card and play a card kind of, which is not what the game is like, but like if it had been like that, I don't think it would have been as good. And so this idea of, because there was a couple times where I was thinking, I'm not going to try and screw the other person and be like, so actively looking at their tableau and being like, perfect, I've got them cornered. Like, I'm, I'm not on play like that. But I still was like, well, what should I keep and what should I give? Because you want to make sure you have something left for you. You hope it comes back to you, you know? So I think the drafting is what made the difference for me. So I really liked it. Yeah, um, I liked it too. My next game <laughs> is a Kickstarter I received uh, in the past two months, I think. Ooh, la la. And it's called Transmissions. Okay. So you, you haven't heard of it, right? No. No, it's actually based on, uh, they made a game out of uh, paintings or drawings from uh, artists, uh, Matt, I think it's Matt Dixon. Uh, I have it here. I will look. Yeah. Matt Dixon, exactly. So they're little robots. Uh, they're super cute. It's it's a gorgeous game, and the um, the Kickstarter version is like it, it comes with miniatures. Um, they're just plain gorgeous. Uh, they're colored. They're like um, whatever you call that, like pr- color washed or something like that. Like it, they're sort of like a shade in them. It's not just like plain plastic. They made they made them so they look like. Uh, better hmm. and it's a game it's like a what can i say it's a set collection hand management game sort of you're okay. just going around uh you're just going around a rondelle again <laughs> and uh wherever you stop because you play a card and then your card is either going to be a robot so you move that robot by a certain like it, it says on the card but let's say it says three you can move that robot by one, two, or three, uh, if it says four, one, two, three, or four, and so on and so forth. Um, and you're going to stop somewhere on the board, and wherever you stop, you can do something. So you can collect uh, either parts of your robot, because you're building four robots at the same time on your personal board. Uh, you can uh, get uh, parts that will help you. They're, they're sort of like stuff that will help you gain more stuff, they, they give you, like, advantages. Um, they don't give you points, but they give you advantages. So they're also parts of your robot. Uh, some other parts of your robot are points. They're, like, sets that you collect, and then whatever you get might make you... Uh, might give you more points. We have to be careful. If you look at the, your personal board, there's just so many spaces on the board, and whatever parts give you points take two spots on the on every robot. Whereas the the low like um, uh, tokens that give you advantages or like they give you um, oh man I can't think I, I can't think in French either like they they sort of like give you a mechanic okay uh, um, they just take up one spot they don't give you points though but anyway so you keep going you also can collect uh, pipes that will you'll, you're you're going to build your own like sewer system sort of in front of you uh, and you get you gain points with that as well but you need to spend uh, resources for that uh, resources are the little cubes that you get when you stop on certain spots on 
um, on the board. And the game is over whenever someone has finished or filled up the whole their whole personal board, and then you score points. There's a lot of ways to make points uh, on the the pipes. There's like uh butterflies and stuff you have to multiply butterflies by the number of something and blah 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 blah, blah. so it, it it it's like a a standard set collection hand management game but it's a gorgeous one and it plays easily like you can take it out and explain it in about five to ten minutes and then you start playing it's a gorgeous game it lasts about 45 minutes i just loved it i think it's sort of like refreshing in a way that it's not super it's not super uh, original like you've you've done all of this before but they put everything in the same game and they made it beautiful so i thought it was a great little game called transmissions cool never heard of it uh you're big on kickstarter i got burned once and never went back <laughs> like what was the I, game i can't remember now but like it took forever to show up i didn't end up liking it that much and i know that's the risk going into doing these things but then it's like because it, it didn't show up like a month late it was like six months later and oh, i yeah. kind of forgotten about it and uh, again and then the other thing i don't like about it is there's like these game producers that are like hey buy the game in advance to help us fund our production like they don't take any risk of like producing the game first and then seeing how it does it and i get it from, yeah. from their standpoint it's like yeah but we don't have to put our necks out there we can be sure that we're at least gonna sell this many copies um yeah but then it's all the extras and it makes you want to oh i should i should pledge this much because i want to get all of the extras and you're never going to touch those fucking expansions I'm, I'm starting to hate expansions because yeah me too me too you just don't you're not going to use them and the base exactly. game is good enough. Like, no, we're we're sort of sick, and sometimes I'll just buy the expansion because I'm like, oh yeah, but I'll need. The, and then I, yeah, I mostly don't play expansions. So recently, I've, I haven't bought any expansions. I'm just buying new games. Yeah, yeah, um, that happens to me all the time. That I'll just buy expansions just just because I love that game. That the expansion must be good. It's pretty rare that I'm like, this is an essential expansion to this game. And I, yeah. you probably, I watched a video about this. And again, I, I wish I could remember who it was because I would, I should quote them because it's not my idea, but it's like, but how many times have you played the base game? Like, have you played the base game 50 times? Most people would say no to that. You probably can get 50 plays out of most base games before you've actually seen all the content. And if you can't, then what is this base game? And why didn't they just include the expansion to begin with? If you can only play 10 times where it's boring, I just, I don't know. Like, do you really love the game that much? Like, he made some really good points. I think uh, I think it was uh, Actual Lol. Um, I love his videos. I've been watching his stuff a lot lately. Um, yeah. Who? So, Actual Lol. Okay. Like, actu actual and then LOL at the end. He's a British guy. And I think he has some of the best board game video content out there for like... Um, just discussion about concepts and games and top 10 lists and good production values. When he first started, it was just very funny. He would do these characters that he would cut in and out of his like characters saying stupid things and he would talk about a game. But he's like continued to upgrade his production quality and uh, he just does a really good job. I really like his videos. I think he's the one who talked about expansions and like if you haven't played a game 35 times, can you really say that you need that expansion? But it's this FOMO. Like we just get sold this idea that if I don't buy this now, I may never have the chance to own it again. Yeah, exactly. No, no, we have to we have to be careful because we are sick. Like that's that's for sure. But yeah. so we had you just have to be careful. Yeah. Oh, I just found an expansion. I'm gonna buy one. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but but 
but uh, I did uh, I did back a game like more than three years ago, and it's not here yet. But they're still wow. producing it. Like they're still like telling us, oh, but it's because of the chain, like pr- production chain and everything. Like, but I was like, I backed I don't know like six games that got here like two years after. That's insane. Like two years after I backed that game, like I I backed other games that I received. So you know what? Like I get it, especially because of COVID, that that would have thrown monkey wrenches into everybody's plans. That's even another reason for me now. I just don't want to touch Kickstarter. Like, and those games are untested, really. I mean, they yeah, do yeah. testing. They do testing, but you can't have like real reviews or friends that have played it. So, no, um, no, no. You shouldn't. You shouldn't do uh, Kickstarter. You really shouldn't. But I, I like. I, I'm not like a huge backer, but I, I would say I backed maybe 20 games in total. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, you don't do it a lot, but you do it more than I do. And so yeah, they sound yeah. cool. The ones that you get, though. So I think maybe you've got a pretty good eye for like. Uh, quality i don't know uh so far there's only one that i like didn't enjoy that much uh actually i had bought two and i gave one to you it was not bad it was just not like i don't feel like playing all the time uh, outlaws oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. got a copy of that yeah. um cool so my game that i'm going to talk about the next one uh, it's falling into a little bit heavier everything else i talked about today was very much uh word games uh ohanami is more of a just a card uh, a number game but uh, wingspan i played wingspan for the first time in probably two years uh, was it at the sheraton i think that's where we played yeah i, I might have played once in my place after that because i own a copy as well um but i own a copy that uh, honestly luke sometimes i'm like why am i holding on to this i never play this especially the expansion i've got the europe expansion and there you it's go it's good I know it's good, but it's like, why can't I fit it in the fucking box? Yeah, it sucks. Like, I think they're releasing a big box soon because they have like three expansions. Like, there's a third one coming out, and they're gonna have a big box so you can fit everything in. But I, I honestly think like that's one thing I've always said. Like, whenever you release an expansion, if there's not enough space in your base game, you should sell the expansion in a box that's big enough for both. Exactly. And then if you have a second one and the third one, you should do that again. Oh, I totally agree. Um, totally agree. Uh, and anyway, so I, I played uh, the, uh, I think it's a base game. They might have had European birds in there too, but maybe not. And think not. Something cool is, this is a friend in Gatineau. I went to his place and we played it. Um, the local library in Gatineau has tons of board games. I don't know if in Ottawa they do the same thing, but you can just rent them for free. You don't have to even spend any money. You just have to have a an account at the library and you can get board games yeah. and try them out. Like. I should do that more often versus just fucking buying them all the time and then having to sell them after or whatever. So um, anyway, Wingspan, it had been so long to, to, to the point that I had forgotten how to play just about. So like, good. Super good. Super good engine development type of game. Um, thinking about how you can have chain reactions based on what your actions that you take prioritizing whether you want to grow vertically or horizontally at different parts of the game, what birds you should get, which ones connect with others. Um, there's just so many great mechanics all in one and they work really well together. So not tons I need to say about it. We have mentioned it so many times on the podcast, but uh, I just had a great time playing and, and really gave me that desire to play it again and play it more often. So I uh, played that recently with some friends. We were six. Can you play at six? No. I think so it's five. It's five. We, five. There were five of us then, yeah. So because we everybody was playing is pretty full uh, board. That was the downside for me was 
the dice were way on the other side of the table and it was like yeah what's what's available hey what's available over there you know what i mean like you, they'd have to read out the resources and then you don't want to be an asshole and ask them to read it twice. you know when you go to the bar and well you don't drink but you know when you go to the bar or restaurant and they're like would you like a beer and you're like sure what do you have on tap and she's listing them and by the time she hits number three you're like oh number three i'll get that in case there's nothing better and then she gets to the very end of the list and you're like i'll have the second one you said it's almost like they must be like, well, why the fuck didn't you say just stop right there? I'll take the second one you mentioned. You're waiting to see if there's something better. And then you wouldn't dare ask them to repeat it again because you would be even more of an asshole. So you just take whatever you can remember at that point. That's kind of what was happening with the dice because I can't see them and they're so far away. And then I'm like, okay, they said there was berries and there was this. Okay, I'll just take the berry. So fun game. Uh, I love the different powers you have and the goals you're, you're trying to meet. And anyway, really great game, Wingspan. Nice. Next one is one of the prettiest games I own. Uh, it's it's a Terraforming gorgeous. No, <laughs> it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous game uh, that I had not played before, and it's called Oltre. Uh, it's by Antoine Boza, and it's sort of like part of uh, a trilogy. Um, he started with the ghost stories, and then he went to Last Bastion that you you own because I saw it on your Calyx uh, picture that you sent me. Yeah. And then he did Ultra after uh, with someone else, though. He didn't do that alone. It was with uh, John Grumpf. So it's sort of like the same type of thing where you're trying. It's like a tower defense type of thing that you're trying to do. Uh, but you're trying to like your your um, cavaliers or your like knights going around the village and trying to save like parts of the village and the castle that's in the middle. Uh and it's a narrative narrative game so you're you're going to like you're going going through a book while it's only cards that you flip but you're going through a book while you're playing the game and you have to finish doing something before the end of that book if you don't you lose if you do you win uh, it's almost as difficult as it was i i've never played last bastion but i i heard it's sort of like ghost stories uh, difficulty wise and I feel like it's similar as well with Altre. Uh, um, so it is the same type of game. You do roll dice. There's a luck component to it, but uh, there's a story that goes with it. I'm not sure how long you can play that game without getting bored because you're going to hear the same stories after a while. Like, like there's six or seven stories in the base box. Of course, you don't succeed all the time, so you're going to have to go through the same story a few times before you actually finish the story. But uh, they could come up with expansions for that, like just a, like a few decks of stories, and then you could add to your base game. But uh, all in all, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous components. Uh, Vincent Dutre is probably my favorite uh, board game artist. And uh, like the little meeples and everything are all painted on. Uh it's, it's just a gorgeous game, and it's a very good game. If you like ghost stories, I, th I feel like you're going to like Altre. Of course, it is narrative, but really the story is not like super important. It's not, it's, not like read, it's not like going through time stories, for example. It's not that deep into the story. Mm. It's like a surface story. You understand what's going on. You add elements to the board, and uh, you have to finish a certain mission before the end of the book. So Altre, a new game that I loved. Cool. And my last one, uh, probably my favorite one on the list uh, I played recently is Last Bastion. So it's um, 
it's funny. Serendipitous that that worked out that way. Uh, Last Bastion, uh, yes, you saw it on my board game uh, bookshelves. It will be replacing Ghost Stories. It did that fairly handily. They're similar games, very similar. Um, it's a re-implement, but they've streamlined certain pieces of it. Some of the tiles are a little bit different. Some of the player powers are slightly different. Um, it's got better graphic design, in my opinion. I know that Ghost Stories is not an ugly game, but I found Last Bastion to be more beautiful. Uh, the theme means nothing, but the Shaolin monk theme never really spoke to me, whereas this kind of like medieval uh, fantasy theme, I liked that more, and I liked the, the look of it. Um, the way that um, the player powers work uh, is better. So rather than having the blue person has to be this or that, because you flip the blue player board uh, to one side on ghost stories, you have power player boards that uh, you can distribute to anyone. And then you have colors just to identify who plays which color, meaning that in the, in the past, you couldn't use both sides of the blue. You you could never have a game where two of the heroes were both sides of that blue board. And now you feasibly could like you could just have whatever powers you want um and it's just an amazing cooperative game and playing with people that had never played ghost stories before and just having them really latch on to it and and sink their teeth into it and start strategizing together and being like okay but if you go over there then he's going to come here and we should do that it, it just immediately lended itself to perfect cooperative gaming uh which i remember ghost stories doing as well so I don't think that it has better components. I wrote that down. It has better components. Um, the dice are better. Just everything about it is is more refined, more streamlined, better graphic design, better player powers, all that stuff. And if you have ghost stories and everything I just said is interesting to you, check it out. You might think that it's a little too similar. Uh, I don't think you need to get this if you own ghost stories. But for me, I saw it at like a really great price online. Just booted over, grabbed it, and it was brand new, hadn't even been punched yet, and then brought it to uh, to a buddy's house for a game night, and we played, and uh, honestly, like, I love it. I loved it a lot, and I want to play it again, and I felt that way about Ghost Stories, too, when I first played it, but this just, it's the next step up, and it keeps that same system, so it doesn't change too much, still the same type of experience, but it was just better in every way for me, so um, it is now one of my uh one of my cubbies or whatever you want to call it one of the shelves that's cooperative games it is the uh the front page or the cover because i think it's actually a beautiful uh box box art so uh the last and best and longest and most complex game that i played recently is last bastion it looks exactly like uh, the layout is exactly like ghost stories um, yeah uh, Ultra is, is more different than that. Like, okay. you feel the mechanics of the original games, but like, it's it's a different enough game. Like that, you you don't need to get rid of the other one. It like you feel it's coming from there, but it's not a reimplement reimplementation of an old game. Whereas, like when I look at Last Bastion, I'm like, I really I'm not gonna buy it. It's like the same game ish, and yeah, if ever like. My I lost my copy of of Ghost Stories. I could get that instead, but uh, yeah. So anyway, cool. I I'm excited to play with you when we see each other. I yeah. think it's gonna happen in September or October. Hopefully, 
I think it'll happen either way because I'm thinking of figuring out a way to come out there and see you and uh, you'll probably be in my region for various reasons. So I, I don't think that uh, much will be able to hold us apart for much longer. Uh, we'll kiss. Um, next one is a huge game. Like I've wanted to play this game for years and years and years and years. Why? Because it was number one on BGG for I don't know how many years. It was there forever until it got like uh, beaten by tons of games. Actually, it's 14 now on BGG. Mm. Uh, it's been uh, deranked. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> Yeah, dethroned. Maybe uh, dethroned, you, I guess. Since yeah. it was first place. I'm trying yeah. to think of what it is because it's not Puerto Rico. You've played that a lot. Number um, one for years. You know that. Well, I don't follow BGG that religiously. So has it changed recently down to 14 or? No, no. But it was one, one. I think it was number one until, I believe, until uh, Pandemic Legacy. Yeah, because what's number one right now? Gloomhaven still? I think it was Pandemic Legacy. Yeah, that's that's what it was. Uh, Gloomhaven still number one. Okay. Uh, Brass Birmingham is number two. Pandemic Legacy is number Brass three. Brass Birmingham is number two. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Gloomhaven. Jaws of the Lion is number four. Terraforming Mars five. Twilight Imperium fourth edition six. Ark Nova seven. Star Wars Rebellion eight. Gaia Project nine. Spirit Island ten. Where are the Ring second edition eleven. Through the Ages: A New Story of Civilization twelve. Great, Great Western Trail, 13, and then Twilight Struggle is 14. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So we're going from one, probably one of the prettiest games I own to most likely the ugliest game I own. It's, I think Monopoly looks better, maybe. <laughs> okay. uh, so except, I- for, except for the board. And it's funny because I have, it says on the box, Deluxe Edition. And I opened it, I opened the box and I was like, how is that deluxe? And then I went to look online. They said like the original game had a paper map and oh my like God. the, the token, the tokens were, I don't know what G like it's, it's a GMT game. The, the, yeah. the publishers GMT. Yeah, they make war games a lot. Yeah. They make ugly games. Like every single time I played a GMT game, the rule book looks like it's photocopied and, um, the, the like every single token like i don't know who the graphic designer if you look at their logo like it it's a shame you're just like come on you can yeah. hire someone that will make you a better logo than that the type of people who play those games are like they don't give a fuck about graphic design you know they're like they're, they're no nonsense people they're like just give me the strategy i want to play a war game like they don't they don't think that much about that type of stuff theme like theme for them is the historical Whatever actually happens. As long as it's complicated. Yeah, like that's their thing. Show me the map, make it complex. I just want to move some pieces around and play this war game. So I I get it because that's their thing that they would do that. I've never played Twilight Struggle, so I don't know if that falls into that same type of acceptability, like those war games where they're all supposed to be super ugly and it's just a map. But that's just kind of the way that they... The cover is awful. The tokens are awful. The cards don't look good. I mean... It is a very well-made guard, uh, guard game, though. Um, everything in there, like, historically, it's insane. Like, there's a lot of research. It's, like, super well done. It makes sense when you play. Have you played Watergate? No. 
Watergate, uh, like I played Watergate before I played Twilight Struggle, and I read everywhere that like Watergate was sort of like an easier version of Twilight Struggle, and I agree 100%. It plays almost the same. It's sort of like Twilight Struggle is a more complicated version of Watergate. It's a um, sort of like tug-of-war type of game. You're trying okay. to get to a certain amount of points before the other one. Uh you're, you play a card either for its number at the top or for the event. If you play the event, in a lot of cases, you have to discard the card. It plays exactly the same way in both cases. But uh, the inflict, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot more complex when you play uh, Twilight Struggle. The rule book is plain awful. It's not, it's not like written in a way that it's intuitive. You're just... You have to go through like some rules over and over again before you're like, okay, I understand that part, but why is it written after this when it's supposed to come before? And it like it's it's kind of weird the way it's written. That being said, I had a blast playing the game. I thought it was awesome. We did play for about four hours. It was our first game. Wow. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it would take that long in on a regular night. Also, I played with Tristan. Uh, it's usually longer when I play with him. But I feel like I could play that game in about two hours on a regular day. I think it's possible uh, to play it in less time if you're playing with people that play like fast in general, or you're lucky like with some some of your actions, and sometimes maybe over two hours. Honestly, it was a great game. It's just very awful looking. Yeah. Uh, except for that, I think they did a great job. I. I'm not going to say it's my, my it's not my favorite game of all times. I, I don't even think it's on my top 10 list, but it is a great, great game. So I, I, I can't wait to play again. It's a, it's a, it's a two player only game, uh, but it, it is a great game. So Twilight Struggle is one of the games I played and there's only one last Jake, one last game. Wow. And it's Dune Imperium. Okay. Dune Imperium, which is number 15 on BGG. It's kind of funny. Though, oh, so right? 14 and 15. Wow. Yeah, 14 and 15. Uh, Dune Imperium, I heard about that game. Like, of course, if you if you listen to our podcast, there's a good chance that you've heard about Dune Imperium before. Uh, not from us, but probably because you do read news about board games elsewhere. And a lot of people have been talking about Dune Imperium. If you know me, if you've been listening to our podcast, you know I'm not into licenses in general, except that I do own Marvel games and stuff like that. I do have Back to the Future, but I'm not like I'm not attracted to those in general. But I heard so much good about that game that I decided to give it a try, uh, and it, I think it's worth it. It's a super good game. Um, a lot of people say it's like Lost Runes of Arnak. I understand the part where you have a deck building component. And you add that to like worker placement ish. So that part, but I, I didn't have the same feeling playing both. Uh, I think Lost Ruins of Arnak look, it looks a lot better than Dune Imperium. I think it's kind of dry looking Dune Imperium. The cards are nice, but the board is just like a planet and the image, I don't know. It was kind of dry. I didn't feel like I was part of the story like I, it's kind of funny like it i feel like it could have been almost any theme and they could have pasted it on a different game maybe some people are gonna hate me for this uh but i i didn't feel like i was whatever character i was trying to 
I was playing during that game. Uh, I did love the game. I want to play again. Unfortunately, it's a, a game in which if you're playing a two-player game, you need to have special rules. So that's why I'm not playing a two-player game uh, these days. Even at, I think at three players, you also have a special rule, but it's not like too complicated. It's just one little thing that you need to do. Um, but really, like it's yeah, I'm not playing a two-player game because I don't want to have that special rule. I, I hate special rules for two players or three players and stuff like that. So I'm just gonna wait to have. Uh, I'm just gonna wait. Uh, till I have people to play with again. Uh, I did play a two-player game on my for the first time I played it though, and it was it was fine. But I preferred when we played a four-player game. It was actually quite nice to play. Uh, can't wait to play it again. I played Dune Imperium, and I liked very it a nice, lot. very I nice. I haven't played it. I'll play with you when I when I see you. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, but it looks pretty cool. I mean, another space game for you. Yeah. Do you have any special mentions or anything you want to say before we leave? Because I have no. to say. Oh, you have something you want to say. Okay, go ahead. I finished The Adventures of Robin Hood. And, oh, uh, yes. You talked about I was, this. My goal was like actually to finish it and then give it to you. Wow. And then it says, when you finish it, it says, oh, now that you finished, you can actually play it again. It's more difficult. And there's like some more stuff that you can discover. So I might just replay it once and go so through the like, more difficult. it to me. I will after I play the more difficult version in a few months. <laughs> well, there you go. Yes. Cool. I'm excited to, to play that too. So, I mean, anyway, I, I like that type of game, so it should be fun. Nice. So, All right. So what did you guys think? I mean, we're just sitting here an hour and 25 minutes in, still just blattering away, as, uh, as Luke likes to say. Blattering. Um, uh, let us know if you have played some of these games, if there's any you liked or didn't. Was I completely wrong about the games I disliked? I'm not, but you can tell me your opinion. Uh, please feel free to write us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, via email. We are here for you. And if you have games you'd like us to talk about in the future, just got to mention it to us. Don't worry. Gizmos is on its way. I'm going to try it. I promise. I promise. I promise. Well, he doesn't listen in English, so it's fine. I'll say it in French. So big kiss. Thank you. And until next time, this has been Jake and Luke. And you've been listening to our board game podcast. Ménage à deux. Bye. <laughs>